Hi, everyone. This is Cho uh, with my co-host for today, Corey, on behalf of Dacurate Insights, and you're listening to Let's Talk Niger Politics. Today is very interesting. Um, it's going to be very insightful, like the other episodes. So if you haven't listened, I would encourage you to go ahead and listen to the different um, episodes we have um, done. So today is interesting because we have a very special person in our midst, and I will just go ahead to introduce him. So there's no much suspense. So today we have the founder and CEO of Making of Champions, short form MOC. Um, he's an internationally recognized sports athletics expert, and I'm sure he has so much to tell us today. I will just allow him to say a few words. His name is Ade Bambo Akoni, aka Bambo Akoni. <laughs> welcome, welcome to Dakirit Insights, and of course, let's talk Ninja politics. Thank you very much for the warm, warm intro. Um, it's a pleasure to be here. Yes. So, first of all, I already mentioned making of champions, but I'm sure our listeners want to know what that is about. Can you just maybe like a brief introduction of what the platform is about? So, making of champions, um, we're a sports media and management organization. Um, I started the company uh, just over nine years ago now when I saw that Nigeria was. Um, struggling at the Olympics to win medals. And we used to win medals uh, back in the 80s and 90s. Um, so I went to the 2012 Olympics, um, took a vacation, and I was expecting to enjoy the games. And Nigeria came back with zero medals. And that's when I started thinking about why are we not making champions in Nigeria anymore? Um, and, uh, you know, I made a film um, about the history of Nigeria's um, Nigeria at the Olympics. I went around the world interviewing former Nigerian Olympic medalists, and I went to Jamaica to find out what they're doing. Um, and the, the findings from the film really gave me the conviction that somebody needs to do this in Nigeria. Nigeria is a gold mine of, of talent, of athletics talent, and we're not mining that gold mine. And, um, you know, if that is our greatest resource, I thought that somebody needs to do, somebody needed to do something about it. So, um, uh, after, finished, after I finished making the film, I packed up my bags, moved back to Nigeria and founded uh, Making of Champions. Wow, amazing, amazing. But speaking on hmm, winning medals and winning um, all around the world, it seems that, and I'm speaking for the ladies here, it seems that recently um, the ladies have been doing so well uh it almost even seems like it's only our ladies that are making country proud um but what do you think is the, the reason for this or is this just maybe a percep perception maybe based on news and information that we're getting is it just the ladies or are the guys coming up or what's happening well um i i like the last thing you added there that are the guys coming up because i think they are coming up um but, you know, the ladies, of course, are leading the way at the moment. In fact, a lot of people have been joking since the Commonwealth Games that maybe women should be running the country. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you'll be happy about that. <laughs> so, 
But um, I think um, it's a combination of things and it starts right from Nigeria. Um, you know, it, it's, it's two things. One, the standards in the men's, um, men's athletics to get to the top is, more, is, is kind of a little bit tougher because there's so many more men um, competing than women, right? Um, and then somehow, even from Nigeria, the women tend to progress faster or quicker. Um, maybe they get more support, more sponsorship than the men, you know, from the beginning, who knows? Um, so I'd say it's a combination of things, you know, um, the men are beginning to do well. So if you look at the Commonwealth Games, we had a four by one men win bronze um, while the women won gold. Um, and if you look at that team, you know, the likes of Favor Ashe, the, the Nigerian champion who was discovered and trained by making of champions, you have the likes of Raymond de Kemwo, um, and then you have the likes of um, Akintola, um, Alaba. The, the third, the fourth person on the team is uh, Udo Dion Muzirike, um, a world junior champion last year in the 200 meters, still 19 years old or so. Um, and that's unprecedented. So what, what's going to happen with the men in the next few years is really going to be interesting as well. It's just that the girls are maybe one or two years ahead of them at the moment. Mm, nice, nice, nice. Corey, I hope you're encouraged. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. I, I do have a question about that. You, um, it seems that it's always um, track and field as well as weightlifting. That is more like a path to medals for Nigeria. Is that the case or are there other sports we should also consider? Well, I mean, uh, it would be remiss not to mention wrestling because um, uh, Honorable Daniel Gali, he has done a fantastic job with the Wrestling Federation um, and they've been winning medals for fun for many, many years now at the continental level even at the Commonwealth level and even um, at the Olympics, we had a, a gold, uh, no, a, I think a silver through a blessing of Borodudu in the wrestling. So um, you can't count wrestling out um, with what's happening in terms of the resurgence of sports in Nigeria. Weightlifting, yes, powerlifting as well. Um, and athletics, yeah. I mean, look, we, we have competitive advantage in power and speed sports, right? Um, and if we, if we look after that talent and we invest in that talent and develop that talent, we're going to see more. In fact, the results we're seeing on the world stage, we're going to see multiples of that uh, once Nigeria takes, for example, athletics very, very seriously. We should be um, up there with the Americans and the Jamaicans. And that's what you know, kind of compelled me at the time to um, you know, pack in my banking and consulting career and come back to Nigeria to, to start this work. Wow. wow. So actually a follow-up question, since you mentioned um, USA and Jamaica. Um, over the years, we've seen that uh, it's something is definitely working right for um, these two countries. And I just want you to maybe explain a bit what's what does it cost to develop a world champion? And is there something that we need to do differently in Nigeria compared to these two um, nations? Well, it's an interesting question because, um, you know, making of champions, we've been trying to do that since we started our track club in Nigeria in 2016. Um, we have found out the hard way 
that it's going to take longer and a lot more resources than we had hoped. And I think that um, how much does it cost um, is a function of where you're doing it, but it's also a function of um, the resources, or should I say the, 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 um, the know-how that you have access to, right? And that's everything from physiotherapy to nutrition to coaches, you know, do you have all of that? Because if you don't have that, then it doesn't matter how much you spend, you're not going to make the champions that you're looking for. So it's, um, it's a combination of things. But if you're going to look at um, how much it costs to develop a world champion, I'd want to look at from discovering them to when they become a world champion, you're looking at eight to 10 years. And each of those years, I mean, if you're in Nigeria, you could easily be spending for an elite athlete. You could easily be spending more than I don't know, um, definitely between ten to twenty thousand dollars a year. Um, if you're in the U.S., you're talking about multiples of that. You're talking about elite athletes spending fifty to hundred thousand dollars a year. Wow, that is something. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I'm speechless because I'm yeah, literally doing that's... math in my head. <laughs> <laughs> don't convert it to Naira, please. Like... <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, it's um, it's one of those things where, you know, once you call out the numbers that are needed, then you understand that as a nation, we've not actually been ready, right? Um, MOC, we've, um, you know, we've been fortunate to get sponsors um, for many of our athletes through our student athlete scholarship. Um, and we wouldn't have come this far without, um, you know, a lot of brands like um, Aqua Group, ND Western, Niger Delta, even Shell and um, NNPC, you know, have all kind of chipped in with, uh, you know, sponsoring one athlete here, two athletes there, you know, over the years. Um, but what we've found is that because, again, the resources we have are just not at those levels that I talked about. Um, we, we actually had to get to the stage where we accepted that, you know what, um, perhaps for now, and, until the, the nation wakes up and starts supporting athletes at that level, we're going to support our athletes fully um, to go to the U.S. collegiate system um, and get scholarships there, which are definitely worth over $100,000 over four years. So, you know, um, if you don't, if you're, if you're not ready to support an athlete at that level in Nigeria, then you've got to support them to go and get an education and see if they can make it as a pro um, through the US uh, system. And it's ironic because um, when we started this, we were trying to use the Jamaican model and the Jamaican model successfully bypassed the US collegiate system. They said, wait a minute, why do we need, why do our kids need to run 40 times in the US for their school? And when it's time to go to the Olympics, they're tired, right? And in the 90s, that's what happened with Jamaica as well as, US, as well as Nigeria. And we would get our bronze medal in the relay in the Olympics and we'd be happy, right? Until um, a Jamaican businessman and a coach, they got together and said, hey, let's do our track club, MVP track club. Another one sprung up races track club. And that it was from those clubs, professional clubs, that the likes of Asafa Powell and Usain Bolt emerged and started breaking world records and they never trained a day in, they never went to college in the US, right? So um, that is still the gold standard. Like at home in Nigeria, we need to give our athletes an alternative 
they shouldn't have to go to the US to make it or become a world champion. You know, like Tobia Mouchon, yeah. seven years after leaving Nigeria, today she's a world champion. But without those seven years in the US, would she have gotten anywhere close to being a world champion and a world record holder? You know, maybe not in the Nigeria of the last decade, but who knows, maybe, maybe the future, maybe things are starting to turn, maybe things will turn. And we'll start seeing what happened in Jamaica happening in Nigeria very soon. Wow, that's very, very insightful. Um, let's speak to Toby Amuso. I know you've mentioned some things, leaving Nigeria for, for a while, then getting that medal. Um, I want to ask, um, there's a lot of things going around online because of, there's a quote about her father born in a, uh, what do you call it, a gear, because he didn't see a future there. Now she's a, we'll say, a global success. What, how do you think um, making of champions would help elevate the fears of parents who are concerned about their kids going into sports? Well, I mean, I, I don't think, um, when I think about that, I don't, I think it's more of a cultural challenge. Um, I wouldn't say per se that making of champions specifically has a role to play in that area. I think as the culture of the country begins to change and the parents um, see sports as a tangible way of, of the children being successful, um, it will start to turn slowly. But, you know, you will always have parents who fear. Um, and, you know, many can say they are justifiable fears that, you know, sports might not be a route to, to success, right? Um, the important thing is to create a system where the children, the kids can follow their education and follow the sports long enough to determine which route is going to be the, the basis or foundation for their success in life, right? And that's what the US collegiate system is based on. You have thousands of, of collegiate athletes, only 10% or less, maybe even 5% are, are, are ever going to go pro and the rest move on with their lives. And, you know, they've got a good degree and they get a good job and they move on. Right. So if we have a system like that in Nigeria, that should allay the fears of many parents, which is, you know what, okay, play your sports, but get your education at the same time. Um, and whichever one works, you know, by the time you're graduating from college, from university, you know, you haven't, um, you haven't sacrificed one for the other. I think that's the main fear for, for parents. Um, I have a, a question. So um, what do you think young individuals can do better in encouraging those who are interested in pursuing a career in sports? So uh, putting into consideration the digital space, um, not just maybe waiting for the person to become a world champion. What sort of, um, would I say, advice would you give young individuals who maybe have if they have a friend who's interested in that path or a younger sibling that's interested in that path? What can they do to like assist? Well, um... In Nigeria, I would say um, look for your local athletics club, you know, go down to the stadium, find out whether there's athletes training, find out who the coaches are and um, go and try out, you know, and I would say the younger, the better, you know. Um, so making of champions, we typically 
um, have recruited athletes out of secondary school. So at the age of about 16, 17, and within two years, we're getting them to the junior national teams, senior national teams. I mean, Nigeria's fastest man today, Favor Ashe is 20 years old, and we discovered him in Ugeli when he was 16, just four years ago. Um, but, you know, you want um, those who are going to have possibilities in, in athletics and in sports to try out much earlier than 16. In Jamaica, for example, they know by 11 or 12 who are the potential future stars, right? Because they have all the competitions right from primary school. So that's, um, that's the other thing I would say is that, you know, encourage um, parents to support their kids to start as young as possible. And, um, you know, as the years go by, you'll, you'll get a better sense of who is really talented and who has possibilities. Um, one interesting thing we're seeing now is, um, and, and we've done it many times now at Making of Champions, is that once you get to a certain level, um, in Nigeria, even if it's difficult. Um, so, so we've been getting our athletes to top 100 in the world in their events, which is great, but that's still development stage. You know, these athletes as professionals would not make money until they're in the top 30, top 10, right? So the top 100 to the top 30 is usually what you figure out during the collegiate years. You know, are you going to get to that professional level? Um, but what, what we're finding really interesting is that um, in Nigeria, a lot of kids are getting full scholarships to the U.S. Um, and um, for where the sport is at the moment, very little funding, very little support. Um, the U.S. collegiate um, system is, is a great way of getting a, a, an American education fully paid for just because you can run fast and you train for two or three years, you know. So it's um there's there's definitely possibilities um for kids in Nigeria who get into track as early as possible. Amazing. Okay. Corey, I, I know you have a question. Yeah, I really want to know what's um making of champions secret ingredient because this Commonwealth Games kind of brought them into the limelight because for favor to a number of female athletes who came through um the organization. What is the secret ingredient. And I think my follow-up question to that is, based on where we are now, what can be done? What kind of partnership or model can be done to accelerate the work you are doing? Is it um, maybe in other sectors you have maybe um, sporting gear coming to support or maybe um, a parastatal of government or it could be an NGO? So how can that also be done to ensure that we have more favors and more Topia Musons? Yeah, I mean, so the first question, what is the secret ingredient? It depends on what are you talking about? Are you talking about athlete discovery, athlete development? Are you talking about um, sports media? Are you talking about, so there's, different, there's definitely like a lot of different things we have been doing. Um, but I would say in terms of secret ingredient, uh, one thing I would definitely call out is our head coach, Deji Aliu, um, Olympic medalist. He, yes, I do remember him. Yeah, he has a he has a he has a knack for spotting talent, you know. So when we met Pivo Ashe in Ugeli four years ago, he was sixth in the final of the trials that we held in Ugeli, the MOC Athletic Trials. And immediately Coach Deji said to me, 
Dejali, you said to me, you know what, that's the guy that we need to bring to Lagos, right? Not the other five guys that finished ahead of him, right? And um, it's, it's his 30, 20 to 30 year experience in track and field that, you know, I think gives him that gift of, of spotting that kind of talent. Um, so I, I think um, that's been one of the huge factors that have made us very successful in Nigeria. I think our athletes over the last five, six years have won over 70 national and international medals. Um, so that's, that's been really exciting to see. But, but that said, I, I can't take all the credit. We definitely cannot take all the credit or maybe even any of the credit for the huge successes at the World Championships at, or the Commonwealth Games. Um, because, I mean, at the most, I can say that many of those athletes did go through our competitions, our talent search competitions, our elite competitions in Nigeria, MOC Grand Prix, MOC Relays, that those competitions actually helped athletes in Nigeria and across Africa qualify for the Olympics directly from those events. Um, so we have seeded the local athletic scene over the years with, with much needed development. Yes, a lot of the kids who are now winning medals at Commonwealth Games, who are in the collegiate system in the US, many of them pass through our competitions. Maybe we gave them opportunities to even be seen by coaches in the US because of our events and because our events were on, um, because we film all our events, because we stream them live, and coaches in America can watch our races and recruit athletes just based on what they see, right? So we've changed the game in Nigeria in many big ways, but you know we've got to give all credit to those athletes that are winning those medals, their coaches back home who discovered them and trained them, and then obviously the, the U.S. collegiate system is doing a lot of the heavy lifting at the moment, um, it's exciting to see. I, I think another area that you could say has brought Megan of Champions to the fore now is our media work. We have actually been at every international competition live since 2015, right? We've been to four world championships all over the world. We've been to the Olympics. We've been to two Commonwealth Games. Um, and we're doing the work that, I mean, it's not like anyone is paying us to do this. We're not, we don't have sponsors, you know, that, that help us do this work. But something interesting happened this time around, you know, with the unprecedented, our best world championships, our best Commonwealth Games, and we're there live reporting everything. It's, um, we, we met the moment, you know, it's like we've seen that this is going to happen, which is why we always invested in media from the beginning. And uh, we met that moment in a way that Nigerians are beginning to see and understand that, wait a minute, there's something in this athletics for Nigeria. Like we can, we can actually win. We can be good at this. We can have world records. We can, we can be the best in the world. And I think that's what Nigerians are finally beginning to key into. Um, and I think that's what uh, Michael Johnson found out very quickly when he tried to uh, take our world record away from us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you know about that story. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I would say that, um, you know, um, I guess in kind of some parting words, the, you know, um, Kerr, I think you mentioned um, what about other people in the space? How are they supporting? What can they do? And I think, um, you know, athletics is one sport, particularly, which depends on community, depends on partnerships, it depends on 
you know that saying of um, it takes uh, what a village to make a child, right? Yeah, to raise a child. Yeah. yeah. In 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 a way, it takes a nation to build a champion, right? So, you know, um, corporates need to come in and sponsor events, competitions, sponsor the athletes. Um, I know the government is also going to do more. Um, the sports ministry, athletics federation, they've done a good job bringing us to this point of having our best ever world championships, best ever Commonwealth Games last year, best ever world juniors. Um, and I think, you know, everyone is going to have to put hands together and make sure that this sport can become what it is going to become for Nigerians. You know, for making of champions, we had a vision almost a decade ago about what the sport could be. The country, the nation is waking up to that consciousness now. Um, and I can tell you definitively that something big is coming, right? It's not just one or two 14-year-olds. It's thousands across the country who are going to have access to this sport very, very soon. Toby Amusson probably was one of, I mean, if I, if I asked you how many kids in, in Nigeria, how many girls are being trained on the hurdles, it can't be more than 10 or 20 all over the country. Right. And I get a sense that that in itself is about to change in a big way. It's a miracle that we have a world record holder and um, that came out from 20 girls that basically came out from a country that doesn't really partake in this sport. Really, we don't. You know, um, when I say this sport, I mean the, the hurdles, sprint hurdles. Um, but now that's that's going to change. Right. And when we see kids all over the country running and hurdling in school and getting access to this sport in a big way, um, it's going to transform. It's going to be unrecognizable in the next five to 10 years. So um, it's exciting, um, the possibilities, and um, we're, we're here for it. And we're here, um, I think, at Making of Champions to meet, to meet these moments because we, we've seen it from time that this is what is possible and this is what is going to happen. Wow, I'm expectant. I'm sure we're all expectant. Um, honestly, this has been so insightful. Um, I'm sure we have like, Corey has probably so many questions. I have other questions, but we can't ask them all on one episode. But it's been very, very insightful. Uh, I'm sure we'll expect so, so much more from MOC um, in the coming years. Um, and hopefully there'll be more support um, from Nigeria and from Nigerians out of Nigeria, so to speak. Um, we're really happy. We're very grateful. Thank you so much for coming on this episode and for sharing with us. Um, and to our listeners, I would say, please take our time to listen to this episode carefully. If you have any questions, you can always send them in. and. Hopefully, we get Bambo to respond to them offline. Um, Corey, I don't know if you have any comments for our listeners before we close this. No, I'm, to, I'm trying to look for a 14-year-old, a 13-year-old. So that's, <laughs> <laughs> so that's exactly. Um, so follow us. So our listeners, follow us. Drop your comments um, on all platforms, and we'll get back to you. See you on the next episode. Signing out, Cho and Corey. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs>